Hello friend, I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast season three. This season we are taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences. We will learn more of them, their story, and how Jesus Christ tutored their lives. We will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women. I am so grateful you're here today and it is Easter week. There are a lot of different scriptures and a lot of different focus you can take this week. And I hope you do. I hope you take time to just really dive into the scriptures and all that they offer. I'm excited because we get to study about the resurrection and there are a lot of women in play at the end of Jesus Christ's life. And so I kind of had to decide how I wanted to do this because we will talk about this again in a few months. So first I want to go over the different accounts with who was there, who the women were. So we are going to turn to a few different scriptures, very similar, but different. Matthew 28 verse one, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angels of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door it sat upon. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And there is a JST for that verse and their countenance, because we find out in all of these chapters through the JST and one account that doesn't need a JST, that there were two angels that came. So Mary, of course, is there. The angel said unto the women, fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the dead, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goes before ye. Okay, so we have Mary and the other Mary. And then Matthew, Mark, and then we have Mark 16. One through eight is where we get the whole story of this. But in Mark 16, we have Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. Salome, and they brought sweet spices to anoint him. We have Mary Magdalene, and then the Mary, the mother of James, and then we have Salome. And Salome, when you look at the footnotes, you find out that she is the wife of Zebedee, and Zebedee is the father of James and John, the apostles. So that's who she is. And then Luke 24 is the next one that we want to look at. The next account, Luke 24, and this is 10. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other woman, the women that were with them, which told these things. So this one tells us Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and the other women, but it also adds Joanna, which is fun because we just learned about Joanna. So that's a new one that I don't know that I really noticed the difference in all these before. And then James 20 is just Mary. And that is the most detailed. That's the one where we find out that Jesus Christ talks to Mary. So that is a really wonderful account for us to remember. As we talk about this, I was studying in the women of stories of the women in the New Testament by Hannah Farrell. And she talks a lot about birth and the similarities between birth and resurrection. And when you really think about birth and the body creating another body, 
how it's kind of, it's incredibly miraculous and almost unbelievable, just as resurrection, just as the thought of bringing the body. It's like a rebirth, right? Even a physical rebirth. And they're both miracles that seem unbelievable. In the New Testament time, the women were the ones that would prepare the bodies after they had died. So all these women were bringing spices. They were bringing an anointing. They were going to do this anointing. And what would happen is they would anoint the body and they would leave the body until it was decayed. And then they would gather the bones and put them in a bone box. And those would go and be in the tomb. And so the women were the ones that not only gave birth and helped those other helped women give birth, but they also prepared the dead and helped with that process. And so that is one reason it would have been really important for these women to know where Jesus was, like who took him. Like this is a process that we do as the women that loved him. And so this is a huge reason I think why they would have been so distraught. Now, obviously he was gone. Like that's really why they were distraught, but they were going to prepare his body, to finish that process that they they got to do. In John 20, 1 through 8, it's where Mary Magdalene comes. She comes early and it was dark in the sepulcher and the stone is gone. And in all the other accounts, Mary is not alone in this instance. And then the, the two angels come and say that she, they need to, those women need to go tell. And in verse 2, it says, and she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. So it even says, and we know not. Peter therefore went forth, and the other disciples came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciples did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooped down and looking in, saw the linen clothes laying there. And it, then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and see it the linen clothes light and the napkin that was on his head laying on the linen clothes, but wrapped together in the place itself. And went in also the other disciples, they came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. Whereas yet they knew not that the scripture that he must rise again. And the disciples went away unto their own homes. The apostles are the 12 and the disciples are those that followed Christ. So as I was studying this, I had, well, I guess right here in 12, and then Mary see two angels in white sitting there and they say unto her, woman, why weepest thou? So I'm just curious where these other women fit into this story because John is telling us a slightly different story. He's telling us different details, but I'm thinking the women were in that beginning part that the women went early in the morning and he was gone. She, they went and got the disciples, which is what the two angels told them in the other stories is to go tell the disciples and they go and tell the disciples and the disciples come and then they go to their home. And then Mary is there. Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stood down and looked into the sepulcher and see two angels in white sitting there. And they say to her woman, why weepest thou? And she said unto them, because they have taken away my Lord and I know not where they have laid them. And when they, she had this turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Why seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabbani, which is to say, 
master. And then in 17, Jesus said unto her, touch me not for I am not yet ascended to my father. And in that footnote, it is a JST that says, hold me not for I am not yet ascended unto my father and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. I am so grateful that we have that message and sermon from Mary. I just think it's beautiful. So I just, I think it's an interesting thought though, to think that the other women had been with her and then they left and then Mary lingered and maybe she lingered because it's the only place where she knew where to find Jesus. He had cast seven devils out of her. He changed her life completely. She had followed him and been with him through all of this time. And we do not know their relationship. It is speculated, of course, but we do not know their relationship except that they were friends. I'm sure they were friends. And she just needed Jesus. And when she went to find him, he was gone. She just wanted to be near him. She lingered even after the apostles left. The tomb was just empty right? The tomb was just empty. So how often do we turn to find our savior and the tomb is empty? We feel like he's not there. And we hear, we ask, we plead, where is he? Where is he? And then we turn around and he is there. Maybe we don't recognize him. Maybe he's in the form of a friend or a neighbor or a ministering sister. Maybe the spirit is really trying to testify us, but we just don't recognize it. He is in our midst, but we do not always recognize him, just as Mary did not. He has not left us. All she knew, all Mary knew was that Jesus was crucified, there was a body in a tomb, and now his body was missing. And then her knowledge changed in an instant as the Lord, our Savior, spoke her name. Can you just imagine putting yourselves in Mary's shoes? Imagine a moment where you have felt lonely and despair and sought the Lord and then finally felt him. Maybe recognized him because he said your name. She doesn't even recognize it's him until she hears his voice, until she hears her name. That is when she knew. She knew it was Jesus Christ. She was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Who did not leave, just as we talked about a couple weeks ago. He asked, will you leave? And Peter said, to whom would we go? Where would we go? Mary stood beside him. She did not leave him. And she learned of him and of his teachings. I love in these scriptures, verse 15 of John 20. And Jesus said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And then she just pleads, if you have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. And all she said back was, Master, our Savior Jesus Christ loves you. And as we become his disciples and as we strive to follow the prophets and as we strive to read our scriptures and understand his life and his love for us and his mission, and do our best to to be like him, we will know him when he seeks us. When we don't recognize him, but he says our name, we will know him, just as Mary knew him, because he will be so familiar to us. 
we will be able to know his voice and the feeling that we have when we are near him because we know him. The best way to get to know our Savior is to read our Book of Mormon and read the New Testament, follow the prophets, to serve and strengthen others and to love. I hope that you take time to really know your Savior as Mary did this week, especially as we study the Easter message of the resurrection. And remember the miracle that it is and that it's real. It's a real miracle. Just as birth is a real miracle, so is the resurrection. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a great week.